0: Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode number 29, uh, Gender Dysphoria, Gay Marriage, Trans Issues, and Pride Month. Just figured this was an important thing to talk about uh, with the current debauchery on display everywhere you go. It doesn't matter if it's the bank or Walmart or if you're experiencing transgender drag queen story hour at the library or your public school or whatnot, uh, this month just seems to be forcing it on everybody. I'll start out real quick. Just cut to the chase. I'm a very brutally honest type of guy. I don't see the point in trying to tiptoe around and, and make everybody feel good, okay? Put simply, sin is sin. All of these things are sin. God loves sinners and he came to save them. We are not called to change people from their sin, but merely to spread the gospel of peace that Jesus loves you. The Bible says, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Period. You don't have to get cured of your gayness or whatever misconception is out there about God and Christianity. You're not condemned to hell merely because you're gay. Uh, I already did a co- podcast on that. We are not condemned because of the sins that we commit. We are condemned because we are born with a sin nature. So you can't say that because of a particular sin, someone is going to hell. It is after you are saved that God works on your heart and begins to change you. We as Christians are supposed to disciple people and show them how the Bible says to live their lives and then as God continues to work and they grow and they mature and they have discipline then they begin to change and you sin less the longer that you are a Christian. Nobody is perfect. You're never going to stop sinning. If you have a sin in your life that you struggle with you will always struggle with that. The thing with Jesus Christ is is he makes it easier and possible to overcome that sin the key that we need to remember during Pride Month is we are not supposed to condemn people. We are supposed to love people. Are we supposed to allow sin to be flagrantly flaunted around us without calling it out, without leaving, without letting people know that we do not approve because God calls it a sin? No, we should not allow that sin to be around us. So should you go to a Pride Parade? Probably not. Should we allow someone to teach our children how to sin? No, we should not. That means when they come into the schools and they try and have those story hours, we pull our kids out. We don't let them see it. We make sure that we call out that sin to everybody involved, the teacher, the principal, the school board. And if it comes to this pushing gender dysphoria and transgender issues and and showing books of sexual acts and and comics to younger kids and explaining to kids how to have anal sex and things like that, you should press charges with the police department for pedophilia. So we should not allow those things to our children. You would not allow someone to come in and teach your child how to murder someone or how to steal from the local Walmart, right? Let's talk honestly as adults for a minute. And then forget political correctness. I don't care what the, common, what the world is talking about, okay? What is common in our society should not matter to you as a Christian. And then I will show you some Bible verses that will prove to you that these things are a sin and that there is hope and, and how we should deal with it, okay? So, number one, gender dysphoria. Literally, dysphoria is the condition of feeling one's emotional and psychological identity to be at variance or at odds with one's birth sex. In other words, your mind, your feelings, your psychology does not agree with the reality of your physical genitalia. This is also known as mental illness. Your brain cannot cope with reality. You're crazy, and you can't face it. This is gender dysphoria, which they are teaching in our society as normal. It's not. The exact definition of dysphoria is the inability to cope with the reality of your physical body. That is a mental illness. This leads to being trans, transgender, pre-op, post-op, whatever the heck they want to do. It doesn't matter. Being transgender is believing that you're okay, that your reality needs to conform to whatever you imagine in your head. All right, it's the, it's the same thing as having a three-year-old decide that they're a lion and going around roaring at people. doesn't make you a lion. Your kid's having fun. These people never grew out of having fun with what they have imagined in their head. Asking other people to reinforce or affirm your delusion from reality is just freaking crazy. And the fact that people then do it is enabling the crazy. Then going to school and teaching others that they too can be crazy and this is normal is insane. Then it gets worse. Then they want to literally self-mutilate and cut off parts of their own body, their breasts or the male's penis and then pay someone to change their body and do surgeries to make it look like the opposite sex. This is the height of insanity, self-mutilation, and when we allow this in our society, our society no longer deserves to exist. All right, gay marriage. Literally, marriage is and has always been for all of humanity between a man and a woman for the purpose of procreation. That is the definition of marriage. I don't care if you put the word gay in front of it. Those two words don't fit. Just because they are words in the English language does not mean they go together. It's like me saying the couch ran to the store to buy some purple. Couch and ran are actual words in the English language. They have meaning. You can't just put them together and decide that that's a new meaning. Couch ran. Oh yeah, yeah. Couches run all the time and and we'll get society and the media and government and the schools to have a month to celebrate the fact that couches can run. It doesn't make it true. It's an insane statement. Gay marriage is not a thing because marriage is between a man and a woman for the purpose of a family. There's no way around this. Gay marriage is not logical, it is not natural. It can't because it cannot fulfill the purposes of a marriage. You can't have children naturally between two men or between two women. Now, I don't care who you sleep with. What you do in your own private life is between you and God and you and the other person. All right. But your identity has to be more than who you have sex with. I don't identify as a heterosexual. I don't introduce myself as the husband of the woman that I sleep with. That's just the dumbest thing ever. That is so, that is belittling yourself so much. And it makes no sense to me that people want to have their sex life as their primary identity. What, you don't have any dreams or aspirations or goals or abilities in life other than having sex? So what does the Bible say about homosexuality? In the Old Testament, it's pretty clear. Genesis 18 and 19, Sodom and Gomorrah, God destroyed those cities because of it. Uh, Genesis 19 verse 24 says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. All right, there's lots of verses in the Old Testament that condemn homosexuality. I'm not going to bring all those up because a lot of people say, well, the Old Testament doesn't matter. All right, fine. So in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 1 talks about it. Romans 1, I'll read this one to you, starting in verse 26, says, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors. Let's go back to that pride one here in a minute. Remember that. Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding. There's a big one. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only continue to do them, but have pleasure in them that do them. So Romans 1, pretty important telling you that those things are a sin. 1 Corinthians, here's the big one right here, and I'll refer back to this one later. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is where a lot of Christians go the wrong way with it. They stop there. Well, these people are unrighteous, they can't go to heaven. This is where you get the condemnation that is actually wrong. Let's keep reading that verse, verse 9. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So if you say that homosexuals will not go to heaven because of this verse, then you must also say that thieves will not go to heaven. Those who covet other people's possessions do not go to heaven. Drunkards do not go to heaven. But again, you can't stop there. The very next verse, verse 11 says, and such were some of you. He's writing this to Christians who were all of those things. And he says, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. The blood of Jesus justifies sinners. So some of those people at that church, were homosexuals, idolaters, thieves, drunkards, etc. and they were not going to inherit the kingdom of God until they were sanctified and justified by Jesus Christ. Now, justified simply means God makes it just as if you had never sinned. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's the way I remember that. All of these Horrible things that are happening in our society do not condemn you to hell unless you reject God. So you have to give them a chance. You have to try and tell them about Jesus Christ because God can make them clean. All right. Now, here's another one. Pride Month. Some more verses about that. In case you didn't know it, pride is a sin. All right. It was one of the first sins ever It was the first sin. Satan up in heaven had pride and thought he was better than God. It is a sin to be prideful. So dedicating a whole month to having pride in who you have sex with, having pride in a sin. It's a double whammy there. Why would we participate in pride month? Proverbs 8.13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. And the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Romans 12, 2 and 3 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Do not think that you deserve special treatment, pride, because of who you have sex with, that is thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. That is a sin. Vanity, conceit, arrogance, seeking a place of honor above your fellow man is sinful pride. Mark 10, 43 and 44, Jesus talks to his disciples and says, But it is not so among you. Whosoever has a desire to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever has a desire to be first among you, let him be servant of all. That's just the remedy to pride. If you want to be great in heaven... You actually have to swallow your pride and be humble and serve people, not exalt yourself, not think that you get special treatment because of who you have sex with or for any other reason. You're not special. Nobody is special. We are all sinners. Pride is a sin. Listen, don't get me wrong. Sexuality is an awesome gift. I freaking love it with my wife. All right. The ideal sexual relationship is between a husband and wife. God made it for us to enjoy. He made the human body so that we would desire each other. Don't abuse it. Sexual perversion is sinful, and it ought to be called out. And this is going to go to bestiality and pedophilia as well. Remember, there's nothing new under the sun from the book of Ecclesiastes. This stuff happened in the time of Noah. That is one of the main reasons God brought the flood on the entire earth and condemned everybody, killed everybody. Sodom and Gomorrah was specifically for that sexual sin. Human beings sin. And just because this particular sexual sin is currently in vogue, it doesn't make it right. And don't forget, it doesn't make us irredeemable if we are caught doing it. God came to save the sinners, and this includes drag queens, transgenders, homosexuals, Remember that Saul used to hunt Christians, torture them, and kill them before God saved him and changed his name to Paul in Acts 26. So do not think that these people are beyond help or hope. We need to focus on just sharing the love of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 4 through 9. Why do you take everyday complaints to judges who are not respected by the church? Now, this is about um, taking a fellow believer to court. And then a judge who isn't part of the church is now judging a a fellow Christian, right? I say this to your shame. Aren't any of you wise enough to act as a judge between one believer and another? Why should one of you take another to be tried by one who is an unbeliever? When one of you takes another to court, all of you lose. It would be better to let yourselves be cheated and robbed. But instead, you cheat and rob other followers. Don't you know that evil people won't have a share in the blessings of God's kingdom? Don't be a fool. No one who is immoral or worships idols or is unfaithful in marriage or is a pervert or behaves like a homosexual will share in God's kingdom. Neither will any thief or greedy person or drunkard or anyone who curses and cheats others. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 6:11. Some of you used to be like that, but now the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God's Spirit have washed you and made you holy and acceptable to God. Some of the people in that church... Used to be homosexuals people can change most often not until after they have accepted christ so here's what it boils down to all sexual perversion is a sin we need to protect the innocent listen to episode 26 about protecting children okay the bible is very clear that children are innocent and god loves them we need to stand up and protect children but remember we are not called to attack sinners but to spread the gospel of jesus christ and to speak the truth in love he was a friend to tax collectors and sinners, but they all knew where he stood. He flat out called them out for uh, the tax collectors, um, for cheating people and for stealing. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't ashamed. He was bold and truthful about what he said, but he also wasn't ashamed to be their friend. Do not forget that we must speak the truth in love. It is not wrong to be friends of sinners, It's wrong to partake in their sin, absolutely. But you need to be bold and courageous to call out sin when you see it. And remember, when people call you narrow-minded or bigoted, Matthew 7.13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Being narrow-minded when it comes to truth is a good thing. You don't bend. You don't accept lies. You don't accept sin. It is okay to be narrow-minded when it comes to the gospel because there is only one way to get to heaven, and it's not to be perfect. Anybody, a murderer, can get to heaven if they truly repent and confess their sins to God. John 14:6 said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life: no man cometh unto the father but by me. And don't forget the thief on the cross. Remember the three crosses, there was the two two thieves and one of them was saying, "O oh, Lord Jesus, please forgive me." And the other thief mocked him. And Jesus said, "Look, this day this man will be with me in paradise because he asked for forgiveness for his sins. He wasn't perfect, He was legitimately being executed for what he had done wrong and God let him into heaven. Why? Because God came to save the people that are doing things wrong. So do not let this go in the wrong direction where you condemn people and push people away from Christ. But by the same token, you cannot be scared as a Christian to stand up to protect children and to let people know that something is wrong drag queen story hour at your school or at the library for young children is wrong you need to protect the innocent you do not sexualize children and you don't you cannot tell me it's not about sex because who they identify as is based on who they have sex with oh well i have sex with men so i'm a transgender or i'm a I'm a woman in a guy's body or I'm actually homosexual and I identify as as that instead of heterosexual or whatever. You try and share that information with children based on who you have sex with and you are sexualizing children. You can dress it up and paint it as a clown however you want, but you're only lying to yourself. So always protect children, be bold and speak the truth in love. But remember, God can forgive people, and we need to be looking for ways to share the gospel of Jesus Christ that anyone can get into heaven if they just accept Jesus Christ and then let God work on their heart after the fact. It is not your job to change somebody's sin. Now, that being said, I went over a couple of cool things in a Bible study with my church um, just this morning. And one of those things is that we are called to judge fellow believers. So if you and I are Christian friends, and I see that you're doing the pride parades and that you identify as a homosexual, then I have an obligation as another Christian to pull you aside and say, hey, man. Do you realize that that's a sin? And then to show you Bible verses. So a Christian is supposed to judge another Christian and lovingly confront them. So that's all I got. It's a very important issue. But you need to be bold as a Christian. And you need to be willing to stand up and call things out. And if you can do it in a loving manner, more power to you. Sometimes it's hard. I know it is. But always, always point people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next time, have a great day.